This is Motley Fool Answers. I'm Allison Southwick. And as always, I'm joined by Diana Yoakum and Robert Brokamp. We also have a special guest, but we're going to get to that later. It's everyone's favorite time of year, tax time! Quick, everyone name your favorite song about doing taxes. I'll go first. Taxman by the Beatles. Bro. Um, (laughs) T-A-X-Y? Right? See, there's not a lot of songs about doing taxes because doing Um, taxes. All my axes are from taxes. (laughs) Good (laughs) call. That was a good one. I just totally stole that from our producer, Rick. You didn't (laughs) even have to fess up to that. You should have just gone for it. Hey, Rick, can you cut that? (laughs) So today we're going to have some fun with taxes. That's not a guarantee, but we're going to try. We have a special guest today who is going to show us what your tax return says about you. Not only that, we're going to play a rousing game of Is It Deductible? By the end of the show, you'll be able to look at your tax return and say, I'm so good looking. And you'll also know if you can write off that swimming pool. <laughs> now, the challenge for today is to keep Diana awake. So this should be fun. <laughs> Let me introduce our special guest, Megan Princefield. She is a CFP, a certified financial planner with Motley Fool Wealth Management. And she is an expert at reading the tea leaves of your tax return. She's like Miss Cleo, but not a phony. <laughs> Right? That's what I like to think, yes. <laughs> put that on your, put on, on your on card. My business card. So, yeah, so today um, we're going to talk about what your tax return says about you because often with a financial planner, they might take a look, like starting with your tax return is a good way to get a picture, a whole picture of your financial situation. All your secrets are in there. All your secrets. Yeah. Um, so, let's start off with one of the first things you see when you're looking at a tax return, what it says about someone, and that is whether or not they are on the path to wealth. Yes, and this is certainly more of an anecdotal sort of statistic than an actual one, but over my 10 years of preparing tax returns, I really noticed that high net worth individuals tend to own businesses and property. And so your business ownership can show up in several different places. You could have a sole proprietorship on a Schedule C, um, something that a lot of people don't think of as business ownership off the top of their heads, but actually is, is just investments, that you're investing in businesses, especially if you're a follower of The Motley Fool, and um, that shows up on your Schedule D um, and through dividends and things like that. So um, definitely owning a business is one of those markers that I look for on the tax return. But also now, property? Also property, yes. Says, so, says Diana, the landlord. <laughs> yes. Landlordess? I don't know. What's the female version? Land queen. There you go. I don't know. Your tax return will also tell you what type of investor a person is. Definitely. So if on Schedule D you're selling a lot, then um, you know you have a pretty high, you could have a t- high turnover rate in your portfolio um, versus like a buy and hold strategy. You might not see as much activity annually on a Schedule D, but maybe collecting more in dividends. Right. And that's all in for investments that are in taxable accounts, not in an IRA or 401k. But that shows up on the tax return too, whether you're contributing to those accounts, um, which also indicates you're on the path to wealth, or at least saving enough to retire when you want. Another thing is also whether or not you're a jerk, by which I mean (laughs) whether or not you're generous. Exactly. So this is for folks that itemize. You could be generous and not itemize, but that's a particular subset of the population. But if you itemize your uh, deductions, you can take a look at your charitable Um, amount and determine sort of how average or generous you are. The IRS looks at these statistics over time, and the average um, charitable deduction is about 6.9% of your income. So even though 
a lot of um, people go by, I have to give 10% of my income. The actual averages are from 2 to 6%. So um, it varies wildly. So if you're above that range, congratulations. Give yourself a pat on the back. And I want to be your friend. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're below that range, shame on you. <laughs> I don't. I actually don't know where we are. Now I'm gonna have to go and look. Yeah, at now I'm curious too. See. I have yeah. no idea. But we probably don't itemize either. I don't know. Ron you, does the taxes. Well, you do you own a house? You own a house. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But yes. You, then you probably do. Yeah. But it's it's something like I, Megan. You might know this, but I think it's like 80 percent of people don't itemize. The vast majority of people who don't. So it means even most homeowners don't deduct their mortgage interest because they don't itemize. And the standard deduction is about. Is, is higher than yeah. what they would be able to deduct anyhow. Yeah. All right. Another thing that you can see in someone's tax return is if they are a sugar mommy or daddy, by which we mean if they're paying alimony, spousal support. Right. Um, and that's if they're getting it right, Megan, you have to report that on your return. Absolutely. Um, right. So they can see if the, who's getting that income. And the size of it, I'm sure, in some cases is quite extraordinary to see how much. Some people get alimony, and, and how much some people don't get alimony. So your tax return can tell other people if you're a failure in love. <laughs> oh, that's another way to look at it. <laughs> so Megan, if let's say you have, if you're getting alimony from three ex-spouses, Ooh. do you have to report that separately on your return, or you do you amalgamate all that? I would be interested to see how that works. Usually, alimony stops when the spouse yeah. remarries, so to collect from three different ex-spouses would be quite a feat. Well, <laughs> but boy, in some states where you can marry, if you divorce everyone at the same time, or be married to have multiple uh, spouses, but are there states? Where I don't you can, know. I don't think there don't are states know. where you can that's have their, multiple spouses. That's show big love. No, they never delve into the tax situation there. I think he's only legally married to one of them, uh, and the rest just kind of hang around. Oh wow. Yeah, they need to work out something if the, it, it goes the wrong way. I mean, Their estate <laughs> planning is very complicated. All 50 kids or whatever he is. <laughs> All right. Another thing that people can see in your the tea leaves of your tax return is if you are a type A person. Right. So a lot of times as a tax professional, you get someone's tax information and they just make a list of estimates. They go, um, I sure, I gave $500 this year. I spent... 60 bucks on gas. And um, those round numbers indicate you're not probably not really taking, uh, keeping track of all of your expenses. Um, whereas people who are sort of type A track everything, they'll list everything down to the penny. And so um, round numbers is definitely an audit red flag. And then finally, bro, this is yours. I have to say that, of course, you're the one who suggested this one. <laughs> Another thing that you can find out in someone's tax return is if they're a lousy gambler or a stripper. That's true. Or both at the same time. Or both. Uh, so, you can deduct gambling losses, if Which I am correct, crazy right? to me. To the extent of gambling income. That's right. Unless it, you're a professional. Yes. Um, and then there are all kinds of bizarre business expenses that you can deduct. So, the one you always hear about is... Someone who is an exotic dancer gets certain surgical enhancements as part of the job and can deduct it. Megan, is that one of those things that's just apocryphal? I researched this and found it all over the internet. And I assume if it's on the internet, it's true. But is that the case? Um, there is one case where it's true, and it's the very often referred to case of Chesty Love. 
Um, That's the name of the person, by yes, the way. Yes, of course the name it is. Of course it is. That, is that her, his or her stage name? Yes. I'm assuming? Yes. Or le- did they legally change? Because you have Maybe to- Chesty Love? <laughs> you think our mom <laughs> named her <laughs> Chesty Love? Her so, full name is Chesturious. Yeah. Chesty is just a short name. <laughs> Chestica. <laughs> yeah, Megan, yeah, this is what happens at Motley Fool Answers. <laughs> Welcome. Who knew what I was getting into? Right. Uh, but yes, that is a true case, but and it's um, very often referred to, but I don't think people have used that as a precedent necessarily. And things didn't really work out for her. She ended up having like a complication afterwards. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, I think she was like a, si- a cup size N, as in Nancy. What? Wasn't that what the article like, said that I read? They just, I don't know the exact size, but they said they were so <laughs> large that they couldn't possibly be for any sort of personal pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Personal use. Personal. Can we cut all of that? I'm going to go nope. now. Nope. That's no, no. No. <laughs> So as long as it's not for personal pleasure, it can go in I your tax like return. To- there you go. I'm going to stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> you can't stop talking. You're a special guest. So then if if someone does come to you, what is the first thing that you look at on their tax return? Is it their income or is it? It's actually not their income. It's just their overall situation. So do they have kids? And things that can prompt additional questions for me. So if they, you know, where they live and if they change jobs, um, if they've had a big change. So usually I don't just look at one tax return. I'll look at two to sort of determine a trend. Um, so if they've had a big change from one year to the next, that's something that I can sort of scope in on and um, ask more questions about. Yeah, that's a, a, a big thing that we talk about, life events or financial events. And one of the first places any big life event affects your finances is your taxes. You should reevaluate that. Change your withholdings, maybe. If you're moving to a different state, you'll have different state taxes. So Certainly a time to look at all that stuff. Married, divorce, have kids. Kids, kids leave the house, yep. all kinds of stuff like that. Megan, curious about this year's taxes, like 2015. People are doing their 2014 taxes. They're going to mm-hmm. figure out, okay, I paid this much, I'm getting this refund. Compared to 2015, should people expect to pay roughly the same amount of taxes? Or have there been any significant changes where people would should expect, oh, yeah, now I'm going to owe more this year or less this year. Anything significant in 2015 that's changing? A lot of what's changing is with the health care laws. So if you're covered, if you have health care coverage throughout the year, you're really not going to see a, a change in your taxes, and at least in a significant way. Um, it's really for folks that are uninsured that will start having to pay a penalty associated with not having insurance. Um, and that shows up on your tax return now. Got it. Now that you've heard from Megan about what she looks for and what it says about people in their tax return. What does your tax return say about you? I, Do you like what it says? <laughs> Do I want to change something in my life? Uh, it says I am not a type A when it comes to keeping track of expenses. And in fact, usually all, or contributions, charitable, charitable contributions in particular, um, I, I'm kind of a round number person. I should probably stop doing that, right? For non-cash, yeah. I mean, People most of the time give cash donations in round numbers. That's not unusual. Yeah. But for you know every household item to be exactly a hundred dollars is right. Right. So I did this one year. I went through and I actually kept track of all of the stuff that I donated from you know physical goods. And 
boy, was it a pain in the butt. There's a site you can go, there's several sites you can go to to find out exactly what they're worth in, mm-hmm. in donation dollars because everybody overestimates what you know that handbag was was is worth nowadays. Uh, and I did that, and the and the total just wasn't. Wasn't appealing to you? No, no. And I thought, ah, if they're going to audit me, do I want to have to do this every year? Interesting. I had a client that got audited for their, um, in a past life, uh, for their charitable deductions, and the auditor asked for pictures. Oh. So not just, you know, what did you donate? This individual was writing off, like, a one of those big screen TVs that, like, takes up your whole mm-hmm. living room and said it was worth, you know, thousands of dollars and... Of course, the auditor said, you know, prove it. And luckily, she had pictures, the owner's manual, and everything else oh to That's prove good. it. Um, but taking pictures is something that is undervalued, I think, from a tax preparation standpoint that, you know, the IRS, you know, always says, you're, whatever you donate has to be in good condition. Mm-hmm. How are you going to prove that without right. having some sort of photo? I'm just going to walk down to my basement and take a picture of the big mess of stuff down take there. Take a bunch of selfies with your donations. <laughs> That's the new trend. Take a tax selfie. <laughs> like, hey. I'm going to put the lampshade on my head and hold the base in front of me. It's adorable. You'll see it on Twitter. So, Megan, for those people who have filed their tax returns um, or maybe haven't but are looking forward to next year, what's your best piece of advice for people in the coming year so that they'll be better prepared to file their tax return next year to make it easier. One thing that I actually did for my mom is I gave her like an accordion folder that was already sectioned out the things that she would need to save for me sort of as a gift but also as a request Um, (laughs) because I do her taxes every year and um, it really helped her to have that just sitting right by whatever you know door stand or whatever that you have where mail comes. If you see something that is tax related, just put it in that accordion file and you'll have it at the end of the year. Cool. That's a great piece of advice. That is a great piece of advice. I think people also find out now whether they're getting money back or whether they owe money. Mm -hmm. And if you owe money, now's the time to change your withholding rather than finding out a year from now that you once again Oh, money. Right. You want to start having that taken out gradually now. Now, some people like to pay at the end because they want the use of that money, but right. I mean, what are you going to do? Keep it in the bank and earn nothing? It really doesn't do much for you. But certainly, if it's a big surprise, change your withholding now. But you have your pride. You do have your pride. <laughs> no <laughs> interest, but pride. That's true. Now it's time to play a rousing game of Is It Deductible? (laughs) Megan Brinsfield is joining us, and she is going to offer some options of whether it's deductible or not. And Diana and Robert are going to guess, and then everybody wins. Oh, how the tables have turned. Yes, they have. Oh, dear. All right. All right. The first one. The first one, your house burns down because of an accident. Can you deduct that? I would say no. Insurance is going to pay for that. I'm going to say yes. Why are you going to say yes, Robert Brokamp? Isn't it because of like a casualty loss or something like that? Don't you get to deduct some of those after you're above a certain floor? Right. $100 and 10% of AGI. Just the gross think. income, that is. Yeah. Uh, but you have to subtract off what you do get from insurance proceeds. So whatever the excess is, excess right. casualty loss can be deducted. Same with theft. And uh, things like that. You know? Oh, really? Yeah, it's true. And according to Kiplinger's, uh, some guy had a drug lab 
in his house. It burned down, but he still was able to claim a $9,000 casualty loss for burning down his house because he was making was it, drugs. So was it in Colorado and was it um, legal drugs? Um, <laughs> <laughs> it matters. Yeah, right? No, it's a, a quote from Kibler's. Even though he was involved in an illegal activity and acted negligently, the text court allowed him to claim the write-off. Oh, it's like him. There you go. So for casualty loss, it has to be unexpected and sudden. So next question, what if termites eat your house and it collapses? Is that deductible? Well, I'm going to say no because it wasn't sudden or unexpected. Um, I'm going to say no. That's correct. So, no, it's not sudden. It's not unexpected. That's what termites do. Uh, Another house burning story. What if (laughs) (laughs) all the fun is here? Sleep well today. Talking heads. (laughs) So, if um, you donate your house to the fire department and they burn it down as part of a training exercise, could you take that as a charitable deduction? Wouldn't the donation of the house be the charitable deduction? You always hear about, um, like from charities like NPR, saying, like, if you don't want your unused boat or car or, or yeah. burning house, donate <laughs> it to us. They always say that. Yeah. Uh, All right, so what's the rule here? The rule is that you can deduct uh, the difference between the what you receive and what you give. So the amount that you give in excess of what you receive. So you're actually receiving a benefit of demolishing services, oh. and <laughs> which usually outweighs the value of what you gave. Right. Okay. So the answer is no. I've donated my car twice in my life, and it's gotten much more difficult to do it. They're much more careful about how you do that and want more documentation. That's where pictures come in, I bet. You should yeah. burn your car. Yeah. That's true. That's <laughs> right. Set it on fire in a parking lot. Away from it's not place. unexpected if you do it yourself. <laughs> that's true. Unless, I'm, unless I'm making drugs in the car, and then it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> if you have a meth lab in your trunk. Uh, so how about a swimming pool? Can you think of a, de- a situation where you could deduct a swimming pool? Uh, maybe if my business was swimming pools, maybe, <laughs> something like that. I mean, swimming pools are always a liability in terms of uh, insurance, and they're fun. And they're fun. They are so fun. But there is a reason why it is, and it is, Megan, because? As a medical expense. So if someone, um, there have been cases where someone had a disability and that exercising in water would help with the recovery of that disability. And so a doctor recommended having a swimming pool. Um, and so that could be a potential um, deduction for the Can cost do- of installing it. Hey, that. you guys both have yards, so yeah. that's true. <laughs> you <laughs> you need to get on this. <laughs> I could have slides, I think. What about gym membership? Same thing if a doctor says you need it? Can you deduct that? Uh, you can deduct it. It's also a, a flexible spending expense as well if a doctor says that it, it's necessary as treatment for some sort of condition. Got it. Say hair removal of any sort. I, I, I don't think so. Unless it's yeah. a business expense asking because of your job. Yeah. <laughs> asking for a friend. All right, last one. How about day on his cello? Yeah. I totally want to deduct that. Yes. Yeah, I'm going to say yes. Yes, 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 um, yes. Depends on how much it, it depends was. Depends if you're making any money from it, right? Isn't Deanna, that right? are you making any money which off your gets, cello? Which gets back, gets back to talent, really, I think. Oh! <laughs> oh so burn. Just kidding. But you, what did you say? It depends on how much it was? How much it was, yeah. You might have to capitalize it and depreciate it over time. Really? Interesting. Because they do become, as long as you're not trashing it, they, com- they become more valuable over time. Uh, huh. The IRS would probably place like a five or seven year life on that 
that asset and have you depreciate it over that time We'll period. discuss this later. We will discuss this <laughs> Taking later. it offline. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this has been another episode of Motley Fool Answers. If you would like to ask us some questions to get some answers, you can email us at answers at fool.com. Don't forget to go to iTunes and like us and give us a review. We would really, really appreciate it. The music is composed and played and produced and all around performed by Diana Yoakum, albeit not on a cello. No, there is no cello. There's violin, melodica, glockenspiel. Yeah. There yeah. goes your deductions. More deductions there to be had. <laughs> and the show is edited by Rick Engdahl. For Robert Brokamp, Diana Yoakum, and Megan Brinsfield, thanks for joining us. And to you at home, fool on. Fool on.